I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for the culture, for my coast, and for my city. This is the best rapper in LA podcast. 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 And I'm your host, Merce. 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 What up, though? What up, though? Let's move on to Freak These Tales. Once again, song six, try to keep it uh, a sexually uh, themed song. And I was able to do that on this album. First, let me ask for forgiveness since I might go to hell. But I'm addicted to these girls, the way they fuck, feel, smell. And I've been around the world, in and out of hotels. Now I'm finally off tour, I got some stories to tell. It all started with mail. My first time doing it. So let me tell you how this, my brain works. And I don't know if Knife was saying this. Sometimes Knife will say something about the sample and it's not saying that. Like Batman, he named, and like later on we get to Barbershop, he named that. But I thought he was saying something and he was saying something different because he has this country slang that I, now I understand, but I was still seeking to understand the beat. It was a was a what the it sounds like to me it sounds like I don't know if he said like work that ass for me. <laughs> work that work that ass for me. So that's where the idea to make this freak these tales came. I always wanted to do something like this because it was a story rap um the by two short. Not a literal like beginning of any story, but these are the tales, the freaky tales. These are the tales that I tell so well. These are the tales, the freaky tales. These are the tales that I tell so well. I never owned that album, but I heard it bumping out of so many cars growing up that I know the song. It's one of those songs. And I always wanted to do a version of that. Misogynistic, uh, vulgar rap something i was into and i something i felt like i wanted to bring to the indie scene over a boom bap type beat do freak these even though freak these tells technically is boom bap but it's not there's not a you know a, a, a chopped sample it's not early 2000s late 90s boom bap but to me it is original boom bap i love too short's voice i love that he raps slow without too short there is no me I feel like there's no living legends. Too short as a legend. Somewhere after, like soon after this album, I get to go to Atlanta and do an interview. And I think we're, on, I don't know if we were on the cover of Herb or just a story in Herb where I get to interview him and he interviews me and we get to, we were riding bikes around Atlanta and just seeing how he behaved with the fans and how much they loved him. When you view this music um, strictly from an outside perspective, like I understand the harm it does to the psyche. We've spoken about that, but like aunties, like grandmas, hey, too short. Hey, hey, Todd, what's up, baby? And it was like, there was a moment for them. It was cute and it was fucked up. Like, you know what? I guess if you look at it through the lens of a feminist and blah, 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 but these are women, strong women in the community that see him as harmless, whether he's harmless to them or not. You know, a lot of people like to think for or decide what's offensive for. And that was my problem why I had a new publicist on this record because she told me what was offensive to a woman that I was speaking to who didn't find what I saw as offensive, who was also a woke feminist. So even a woke feminist can't decide for another woke feminist what's offensive. 
it kind of still has to be on the individual. Is it overall progressive songs like Freaky Tales or songs that Too Short makes for women? No. Is Should there be a balance? Yes. But in those days, Too Short, I literally had Kwame, and we'll talk about that, tell me stories about being on tour with Too Short and salt and pepper Like, you get some pro women. Women can get the dick, and they're being nasty and give it, you know, ah, push it. Yo, 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 baby, pop, come. Yeah, you, come here, give me a kiss. Better make it fast or else I'm going to get pissed. Can't you hear the music pumping hard like I wish you would? Yo, 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 baby, pop. Yeah, you, come here, give me a kiss. Better make it fast or else I'm going to get pissed. Can't you hear the music pumping hard like I wish you would? Now push it. Is that empowering? Is that feminist? Because I think it is. Is she on tour too short? Is she on tour Kwame who, who's rapping about being an outcast and one of the big boys and he can't get a girl? Is she on tour with Easy e who's rapping about bitch suck my... Like, it's just life. All of this exists and all of it deserves representation. That's a stance I'm not backing down from, especially when you can recognize it. It comes to me, it also helps when there's a good parenting and I don't think what was not thought through on the side of my community is there are not enough parents who have the time or the bandwidth or that are even present to police some of these thoughts and some of this music but i always prefer the authenticity over a marketed product if you're being too much of a of a pimp and never showing your other side that's a problem for me if you're being the perfect lover boy and then on the you know you're roofing women behind you're a great image for society but your roofing girls behind the scenes, that's not cool either. Being authentic and seeking to do the right thing. You can be authentic and be a piece of shit, but being authentic on the road to being perfect to me would be the best case scenario. And I think that's what I was trying to portray with this album. Like, I am not going to go out like Common. I am not trying to go out like these other rappers that are portraying themselves as one thing. I am a multidimensional person. I like porn, but I want to be married and be in love. That's something that's just who I was at 23, 24 years old. That was my goal. Not single comment. I don't know what he does in his personal life, but I didn't. He may be just the fucking, are we living in a dream, girl? Are your eyes still green, girl? Are we living in a dream world? Are your eyes still green, girl? I know you're sick and tired of arguing, but you can't keep it bottled in. Jealousy, we gotta swallow it. That shit was cool, but I'm like, yo, I, I feel like I know you like bitches too. Because the lyrics are so positive for the women out here. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, sister. You know, it's like I think that we gotta portray women in a better light. You know how, you know, most rappers is talking all this other stuff, making women look bad. You know, I was raised by my mother. You know, I got a daughter, so it's like. Bitch, didn't I tell you to get out there? I don't give a fuck if the police out there. I don't give a fuck if it's snowing. I want you out there home. This, this is business. You ain't gone too far to see that yet. You know what I'm talking about? Put your ass on those streets. Get on, go. Get my paper. Sorry about that, sister. I'm sorry for that. I like Like Water for Chocolate, and I like Too Short Getting It album that came around, I think, around the same time. Now let me holler at your partner, spit this game, bend your ear for a minute. Quick 
complaining about how you can't spend it. Cause you ain't got it. You got what it takes, but not enough to get started. I hope you get the message. No, it's not a test. It's just me riding the jet. They can't arrest me. No slight to Tusha. I don't know his life. But I am actively raising four children on a single income and try to, you know, partially homeschool, if not fully homeschool all of them, at least supplement what they're receiving in these institutions and being present, as I was just speaking about, to not censor, but police and help them digest all the shit that is coming through so many different channels now. We had to go to the record store and we had to go steal porn and, you know, all go, you know, illegally buy weed and all kind of shit, bro. But now, like, to me, parenting now requires a lot more time. So, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't see myself doing it too short. I will add this moment though. The, the, my kid was walking down the street, they made a Valentine's card for, there's a Japanese lady that lives on our street, um, older woman. She keeps such a nice garden. Her and her daughters have a beautiful yard. And we love, we're vegans. We love plants. We're the hippies. So we talk plants with them and they give us tomato vines and we, you know, and the kids said they want to make her, the older woman, a Valentine's car. So we made our Valentine's car. We were walking it down the street to put it in her mailbox. And then my son found a, a whatever those things are, the dandelion, the wish things where you blow them and the shit flies off. And uh, one son, the older one, didn't tell me what he wished for because he's not supposed to tell. And the other one, my other one can't keep a secret, my four-year-old. And he's like, I just wish you would make more rap songs, Dad. And I was like, ugh. And he's the fair one. I think he feels guilty because I think they have an understanding that I'm putting it away partially for them. But I have to impart on him that I'm not angry about it. Like I did, I did enough rapping. Too short's not somebody I can say, but most of the rappers are like, why are you retiring? I'm like, bro, I've put out a lot more music than you. I've been doing this actively for a lot. But for short, I can say that I feel like I did more tours and a lot more shows than him. Grueling tours and shows, not, not the fly shows that short gets to do. I don't, I don't get to, I didn't get to do arenas all the time. So, but maybe he has, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know all his business, but all I have is love and respect for him. I'm glad he didn't stop rapping. I like a lot of his albums after he didn't get his biggest hit till after that. Blow the whistle is his biggest hit. He didn't get that till later. So he would have missed out on that. I go on and on. Can't understand how I last so long. I must have superpowers. Rap 225,000 hours. Get a calculator, do the math. I made a thousand songs that made you move your ass. And for the last 300 months, I made 16 albums with me on the front. And they bump. Where you get your beats, I heard 93 rappers say bitch like me. And I understand all of this, but I don't want to hit record. I want to be a hit father that doesn't hit my kids. <laughs> uh, well, not hard. Today we were playing Pokemon. We got we had to exchange some blows. Because I was, I was, I was, um, Machamp. You got him, Machamp is the wrestling. I'm a fighting Pokemon. You can do it. Don't give up, Charizard. And, for, and they just spit on me a lot because they were fire breathing. So, yeah, so I fought Charizard this morning before I came down here and did this podcast. Jokes aside, that's where I got the thing too short and the sample, vocal sample. Worked that ass for me.
universe let me ask for forgiveness since I might go to hell But I'm addicted to these girls, the way they fuck, feel, smell And I've been around the world, in and out of hotels Now I'm finally off tour, I got some stories to tell It all started with mail, my first time doing it Nervous, couldn't speak, I was scared I might ruin it Something like a pro, she knew how to take it slow Knew one false move and I could fuck around and blow So I went with the flow, it went better than I planned Finally found something better than coming in my hand they say you come twice the first time Now I understand I came once inside of her Then I became a man The next couple times weren't quite that memorable Tamika, Lydia must have thought I was pitiful Busting after two minutes I thought that shit was typical That's probably why they never got back at a nigga So once upon a time in the land around the way They lived a couple girls that would never So one verse about sex i'm asking for forgiveness i'm repenting to the lord my lord and savior jesus christ i have been baptized that has not changed will never change but i was going through some shit um fame is unnatural and it's something to go through it looks so pleasing that nobody thinks it's i don't think it's a it's, it may it's an addiction it's a drug um and how it affects the people is differently but once you master your high you always have to have a hit and we'll talk about that. I didn't start feeling that until 2010 or something. But right now, it's just uh, bringing me lots of things I thought I wanted, which was sexual partners um, and money and recognition, respect, clout. The kids have demonized it, but real clout. Like motherfuckers thinking I could know I could rap. Not, not like clout or not, not. Yeah, this fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. It's a Drake line. Bitch, this is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth. So I'm thinking of sex. I'm thinking of, you know, multiple partners. And I'm reflecting on my first time that didn't go like that. Her name wasn't male. Yes, I was scared to death. My girlfriend is my girlfriend who I loved at the time was, you know, this Ethiopian girl I was going to marry and make Rasta children, vegetarian children with. I called my best friend, T.S., at the time bring some beaties. I just lost my virginity. He came over in his RAV4 and I told him all about it and we smoked. Beaties. Nathan's and Masterson's presents How to Smoke a BD. Step one, open the pack, select a smoke. Step two, smoke the BD. Step three, sit down before you fall down. A BD buzz is a serious thing. Step four, Make sure to keep puffing. BDs love to go out. Step five, throw the pack away. Do it again next year. Don't remember. <laughs> Fuck off. I don't even, I didn't drink alcohol at the time. That was it. My big homie that I thought was the coolest guy, I wanted to impress. I called him, he showed up, and we celebrated. I lost my virginity after high school. Probably one of the last, I think I was the last person in the crew. And that was Log Cabin days, last person in Log Cabin. Last person I knew my age, I think. That was still a virgin. So they're like approaching how to slow me one false move. I can fuck around and blow. Wood flow, fine. Come first to first turn of the day. They came once inside her, then I became a man. The next couple times, quite that memorable. Yeah, I don't remember. But I know it was bad. I was not performing at a high level. And uh, didn't get any repeat calls. I don't know. I, all that could be exaggerated, made up. 
Once upon a time in the land around the way, there lived a couple girls that would never give me play. Wish to wear a tight shirt, short skirts every day. Every time I try to hit it, they say no way until one fine day in this land of L.A. One finally slipped up and she let me have my way. She kind of turned me out, changed my life, I must say, because I haven't stopped chasing these bras to this day. Once upon a time in the land around the way, there lived a couple girls that would never give me play. Used to wear tight shirts and short skirts every day. Every time I try to hit it, they say no way Until one fine day in this land of L.A. One finally slipped up and she let me have my way She kind of turned me out, changed my life, I must say Cause I haven't stopped chasing these bars to this day No use of bitch in the course Keeping the story element alive Freak these tales, like still keeping it old And I'm thinking deep into this when I'm writing this Once upon a time in a land around the way. This could be a book. I might make a book about her. It's great. There lived a couple girls that would never give me place. So we're still going into the being shunned, the pain. These songs are almost back to back with a brief intermission called Trevor and them. Two polar opposites to me. Used to wear tight shirts, short skirts every day. Every trying, trying to hit it. They say no way. You know, definitely bare midriffs at school and short. Daisy Dukes, all that was allowed. If you ask Erica Badu, she doesn't think it should be. I don't know if I agree or disagree. It's not my place. But uh, it was definitely distracting and uh, sexually frustrating for a young man coming into his own. But um, how else do you learn restraint without putting yourself near the fire? Every time I try to hit, they say no way till one fine day in this land of L.A. Still keeping with the fairy tale esque theme. Well, finally slipped up and she let me have a way. She kind of turned me out. Changed my life, I must say, because I haven't stopped chasing it. That's the thing I'm going to tell my sons. Like, once you have sex, before you're married, you know there's an option to get out and someone else starts to give you attention because now you get the confidence. Now you don't, like, it's like dropping in on a ramp or something. Like, once you've done it, you're like, oh, for me, I had a lot of anxiety about the size of my penis, my performance, because I grew up watching porn. It's the equivalent I give when I do my ground waves spiel about my open mic. Like when I started going to the good life, I saw motherfuckers that were so good, it scared me and made me want to rap good before I even got in the, on the mic. And it's, watching porn is a similar effect for me. It's like, oh, here's these motherfuckers with huge dicks and they're fucking all night and they're doing all these positions. I was like, I don't even want to try this shit. I'm not going to be good in, in of way high school works and everyone's going to know. And then I'm going to be, I'm, I already had enough shame and embarrassment and ridicule. I was like, I'm not trying to be the weird nigga with a little dick or the weird nigga that comes too quick. Like I'm fuck all this. Let me wait till after high school and underperform with someone who doesn't go to school. So I'm, that I may never see again, or she can tell people who I don't know. Neurotic as fuck. This is where, you know, a, a male in the household that I had a good relationship with would have been extremely helpful. But yeah, once you do that and you get over that and you're not locked into a marriage and you haven't really thought of, thought this all the way out, like, oh shit, well, I want to try this with someone else and try that. And then you're always comparing and it's never going to be the same. And all I was told was that God said, don't do it. You're going to go to hell. Don't do it. I was like, man, it's just better. You know, I've had some homies that haven't had sex with very many people or no people outside of their marriage. And because of porn, they still wonder, but I, they feel like the wondering is worse than the knowledge. And I'm saying the knowledge is worse than the wonder. 
it's better to be happily married and wonder what it would like to have. Because if you only have one sexual partner, that's the best sex of your life for the rest of your life. That's what I tell young men who haven't had sex yet. If you believe in God, even better. You'll go to heaven. You want It's one less thing to repent for and another um, addiction you don't have to deal with. I feel like dealing with the porn addiction is better than dealing with the sex addiction because you're only really hurting, mostly hurting yourself. You're not hurting two people with lies and all the other things that go on. All these understandings that come to after a song. Well, finally slipped up. Because for me, for my ugly, nerdy, weird ass to get laid, one had to, somebody had to slip up and let me have my way. She kind of turned me out, changed my life, I must say. Uh, that comes from later on. It was explained to me uh, that older women would talk about me like, oh, I got this young dude to do X, Y, and Z, and Z. So not per se my first, but after that, my experience is like, oh, you know, that's how I would get with the next girl because this girl would be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And she would tell this older girl and this girl. And so and then it'd be, I was not passed around, but let's just, ah, let's just leave that. But anyway, slipped up, kind of turned me out, changed my life, I must say, because I haven't stopped chasing these bras to this day. Well, not anymore. But uh, now at a city walk, Universal City Walk uh, in Los Angeles, before I discovered the Santa Monica Promenade and in the black community was a hot spot for a while. Things get popular, like Westwood was popular, Universal City Walk was popular, the bridge was popular, things get popular, the Grove was popular, and then the black community descends upon it. There's lots of fights and gangs and all kind of shit, I'm sure theft, and uh, the wrong element of the black community, the criminal element, uh, starts to invade and hang out. And they burn out the spot. So University of before is burnt out because then they'll put a curfew. Then there's people, if you're walking in groups of more than three, if you don't have a girl with you, all these things are basically no gangbangers. Please, young black and brown kids that come here to fight and steal, go somewhere else. So before those laws go into place, it pops. So City Walk was popping. Now I see Walk with this itty bitty bitch about 411 with a, with a switch. Now let's just say, but I think it got it backwards, but big things do come good in small packages. As for actresses, in L.A., there's so many. Let me tell you about this freak named Small Town Jenny. After bad auditions, guaranteed to hit me the fuck on her break. She was waitressing at Denny's. Now there was Umi, female MC, talked most of the night about the M-I-C when it was time for us to get down to B-I-Z. She let me stick it straight in her asshole lyrically. I think I had had anal sex before. I hadn't had sex with an actress, I don't think, before. I don't think I had had a se- sex with a girl that short before. This is all just fantasy. She listened straight in her asshole, lyrically. Lyrically is, shout out to Idea, uh, everything would be lyrically, verbally sitting on the lyrical furniture. Lyrically sitting on the verbal furniture. Lyrically, Merce. He was like, oh man, my brother was so funny. Lyrically, Merce, I'll fuck you. Like you would just, man, we've had, we would have so, like the one Scribble Jam battle was just, we had a rapport, like we would battle like that. He's just, he was just so good and so witty, man. So that that was definitely a shout to Mikey right there. So let me straight straight in her asshole lyrically, because <laughs> he would say something and it would go lyrically and like put his hand out and like look at you. Yo, I'm just saying, I'm I'm kind of mad. I'm gonna I'll fuck you up lyrically, Merce <laughs> Nick. Um, he loved to say that. Hey, man, <sighs> man, I really do miss bro like a lot. A lot, a lot. Just wondering what his kids would be like or what 
what his music would be like is like the last thing on my mind. Just like what conversations we have. He would be a guy that I would love my kids to meet. Like love my kids to meet him and fuck around with him and like tell talk shit to me in front of my kids and tell my kids what a piece of shit I was and how much of a better rapper he is than I am. Ah, oh, man. I love chicks on E that you meet at these raves. They use it as an excuse for them to misbehave. I caught Rachel in the corner, all emotional and mushy. Put my dick on her tongue, glow stick in her pussy. Now, at a city walk, I met this itty bitty bitch about 4-7-4-11 with the switch. And let's just say, well, I think I got it backwards, but big things do come good in small packages. As for actresses in LA, there's so many. Let me tell you about this freak name, Small Town Jenny. After bad auditions, she was guaranteed to hit me to fuck her on a break when she was waitressing at Denny's. Now there was Umi, female MC. We talked most of the night about the MIC. When it was time for us to get down to B-I-Z, she let me stick it straight in her asshole lyrically. I love chicks on E that you meet out at these raves. They use it as an excuse for them to misbehave. I met Rachel in the corner all emotional and mushy. Put my dick on her tongue, glow stick in her pussy. And once upon a time in the land Fantasies. I never did E. Um, a lot of my friends did E. The one time they all did it with me there, they just told me not to do it because not because of the kid that went up to the little brother's bus like I'm I'm Merch from Living Legends like everything like everything is well like I'm such a melancholy grumpy aggressive motherfucker that the homie was like it just wouldn't be right to see you. <laughs> you don't need to do this drug. I'm like, should I try it? And they're like, just nah. So I like skated in the driveway all day, try to do 180s and kickflips. Now they heel flips while they enrolled, hung out in a room together. And maybe everybody else had a girlfriend. I didn't. That was just bullshit. Cause I didn't. That sect of people like Log Cabin, there were no black women in that sector. And, uh, for better or worse, like at that time, especially like black women were the women that found me attractive. It's usually how it goes, you know what I mean? So a lot, you know, a lot of the time, especially, you know, being a, from our, you know, our era when it was encouraged, you know, like I went to an all white junior high and it was like, you can choose from these black girls. Every other non-black girl I tried to holler at, I was like, no, you have to like Tamika. Tamika likes to have you because you guys are, you know, this is the way it goes. So maybe I was stuck in that, but also like the circles I was hanging out with Log Cabin were more non-black people. And it was just like, I wasn't getting any play. I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't, you know, so the options for me, for me losing my virginity were like, there were no artsy, there was not a left of center black scene that I felt comfortable in. I didn't fall into that scene. Where I should have been is the fucking, where I, where I eventually got was like black college females. Like, that was it. Smart chicks that were thinking outside the box that like to smoke weed. And so I sold weed to college kids. I hit my stride. I found my demo. But back then, I was just like, uh Anyway, I would go to the raves with these people, and I still wouldn't be doing E, but I would just be going to raves and trying to pick up money off the floor or drugs off the floor and maybe looking for the, like, girls that you see in the magazines with the short skirts and the glow sticks and like, yeah, never happened. Um found a couple $20 bills here and there maybe sold some weed 
discover drum and bass and jungle and would just dance like a weirdo that wasn't high. I'm dancing. A lot of my friends say this too now. I don't smoke weed. Like, you talk like this. You can hang out with stoners and get the vibe. And the same thing. Maybe I was just weird enough where I didn't need to do E. But yeah, I was fucking jamming to some drum and bass. But yeah, so Jungle, listening, actually listening to the music and wishing someone would get on the mic and not do raga. <laughs> Those were my things. Try freestyling to myself, wishing that I could get on the microphone and and not have someone go. It sounds good, but I just wanted a chance to. Before it happened, I was like, if we could get Peace or Micah or AC or Jupiter or fucking Crazy Bone to get over these beats, it'd be fire. My mind states uninhabitable. If you travel through the gravity before you do a cavity and trap you in a rabbit hole, I'm understandable and unfathomable. My mental planes and landable. My brainstorms make paddle boats till I battle boats. You and I are an incompatible set of animals. Mammal, hand-to-hand combat with cannibal commandos. My spit highly flammable. My tooth enamel ammo. I remember the Alamo. I saddled up camels in the Nat Geo channel. Channel. I may, like, I may look like a Rasta, but I was still not into reggae music. I'm still not really into reggae. My knowledge of reggae and dancehall is extremely limited. For I'm a fake crip. I'm not a fake Rasta. I'm from L.A. People are like, where are you from? You're from Jamaica? No, I'm from L.A. From Mid-City. From Cloverdale. From Okie Talk Crip. I'm not a Rasta. Dick in a tongue, glow stick in a pussy. Sensational, visual, telling a story. Now I have a great hook. The So I'm saying these are punchlines. These are also a way for me to deliver bars without having to do battle rap, like shit that makes everyone laugh. And yes, it's offensive. And I feel like rap should be offensive still and, you know, uh, outlandish, crazy. This song eventually gets me slapped in my face. So it offended people. A woman that I had been intimate with one day called me. And was like, yo, let's, yeah, what's up? I heard you're in town. You're back in town. Let's uh, let's go to lunch. We went to lunch. And uh, everything was cool. Catching up. Like, no vibes. Like, I wasn't trying to fuck. She wasn't trying to fuck. Like, just two people used to fuck. Like, hanging out. Catching up. So happy for all your success. What are you up to? Oh, that's dope. Happy for your success. Cool. You're in a relationship. Blah, blah, blah. And then we get outside. And she starts crying at the Beverly Center in public in the in like on a corner and she's like how could you do this to me I was like what do you mean this this and this I know when you said you know let's just say like when you said Ileana and Dickie's not pajamas how could anyone everyone knew that was about me I'm like did you ever tell me Dickie's to wear Dickie's in a wife beater I don't even wear Dickie's in a wife and I pow slapped the shit out of me I'm like, yo, fuck you. Now the guy, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, my music is affecting the relationships of individuals that I don't even talk to anymore. This is the fame. I had fucked up a, a, a relationship with a guy that she loved by saying something that absolutely, no, I would like, I would never disrespect you like that. You're a mother. 
I feel like that's off limits. Like when people start talking about people's babies, mothers and shit, like where I'm from, like I'm like the G code from my era is like, that's no man. The women and children, that's out, bro. That's out. I got to see you waste on that. I got to take your head off. You got to go. It doesn't make sense, but that's where I'm at. Like it's almost beyond fighting at that point, bro. Like we talking about kids and women, like married women, not women of the night, not bitches in the club, not strippers on the pole. We talking about the woman who gave life to my child. You got to me, man. Listen here. I've done a lot of work, but back then I was like, I would never. Is it was it an affront to 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 who I am? And I, I told you know, individual men now, and you know, tell your partner like, me cheating on you is a more. I, I don't cheat on anyone because it will reflect poorly on me. Don't have hold yourself to a high standard where it's not about your partner; it's about yourself or your relationship with God. That should come first. And you definitely take in consideration the feelings of your partner. But if you're in a relationship to stay faithful because she wants you to. I don't think that's gonna work out too well, bud. It didn't work. It doesn't did that didn't work for me until I started holding myself to the standard that the most high holds me to. And the example I want to set for my children, it didn't work. That said, like I wouldn't do that to somebody. And and I guess they're not expect anything. Like on a public platform, you say what you want. Behind closed doors, you, you my wife is whatever. My wife is short and and her hair is nappy, cool. You think that? And I catch wind of it, eh, all right. But you put it on a record for the world to get? Yo. So I wouldn't I wouldn't appreciate it, and I didn't do that, but this is also me coming in terms of fame. All right, I had a dancer named Candy Stripper Chick. Says she only had to dance to get a family out of fix. Fine as hell, but the bitch made me sick because after dating three months, she was still make me tip. All right, I had a dancer named Candy Stripper Chick. Says she only had to dance to get her family out of fix. Fine as hell, but the bitch made me sick because after dating two months, she would still make me tip. I know a female Mexicana by the name of Ileana. She likes me dickies and a wife beater, not pajamas. Caught her with another dude. Popping up by a casa, but I keep her on the team just to represent La Raza. Now, lesbian Liz hasn't caught a lot lately. She loved to lick the legends, but she also loved the ladies. I had to let her go before she led me to crazy. She was lousy in the sack, laid back and hella lazy. A couple weeks back, it was all about Loretta. Straight up hood rat, always begging me for cheddar. Had to keep her hair did, and her manicure was well. But now I'm fucking the Korean broad I used to do with nails. And once upon a time in the land of this one based on a true story i went to vegas with some friends my friends who thought they were pimps no my friends who uh are good with the ladies and uh we're in a strip club and you're not gonna get like stripper like they were ready to go they had brought dates i didn't have a date so i had to even back then, like we had the party favors, like I had to go go to. The, I had to use my. I don't do hard drugs. I had to use my connections in 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 Vegas to 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 get everything done. So after that, I'm like, I don't. I'm not on drugs. You guys are on drugs. Like, let me just have this moment with the stripper. She says she's coming back to give me her number. Don't fall for that, bro. Don't fall for that. Boom. She came back with the number. 
So then I went to see her at another strip club and she just treated me like a customer in another city. And I was like, what the fuck? Then I came back to Vegas to see her and then she made me like, wait, it was the whole story and hung out. And then we went to the dog park and then she still, I never had sex with this woman. Um, so find sale with three. So this is where I use bitch because I was upset. <laughs> find sale with the, but the bitch made me sick because after dating three months, she would still make me tip. That was me squeezing all that rage. It's, it's a huge story, one of the biggest stories in my life. It's a tale that's very long, but I tried to encapsulate my rage in the two bars. So I use bitch, I believe, for the first time in that song. There. Okay. Sorry, dating two months. I know a female Mexicana by the name of Ileana likes me dickies and a wife beater, not pajamas, Carter with another dude popping up by a casa, but I keep her on the team just to represent La Raza. Fascinated with Latino women, especially Latinas, especially uh, El Salvadorian Mexican women at the time. Still weren't coming to the shows. I don't even know if I had slept with a Mexican girl yet. Or El Salvadorian girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of a half of El Salvadorian girl, if you want to. I don't know how that works. Mixed. But, yeah, very, very much in love, in lust. Fear me, kind of by the name of Ileana. Like you think he's in a wife. You're not caught her with another dude. Popping up by a casa. But I keep her on a team just to represent La Raza. That, it says it all. Um, it's funny. I always wanted to make a remake of La Raza, but now I get the meaning. And I shouldn't have tried to remake that. But we'll get into that story when we get to Marshall President. But yeah, just representing that uh, side of Los Angeles, that uh, San La Raza and Mexicana, Dickies and White Beaters, like bringing the the Chicano culture to boom bat beats really hadn't been done in a while. And I wanted to do that because it's so intrinsic to what it means to be a Los Angelino. Like it's, it's Los Angeles. Like I say this all the time. Like, it, and it's just underrepresented. You know, the low riders, the lokes, like all the NWA look, especially because they weren't wearing blue and red, was very Latino. Was very Chicano. You could take Easy's exact clothes and put it, and it'll be a cholo. What made it black was his Jerry curl. We share the same culture. Like I said, especially when you don't do red or blue. If you weren't all black, like. That's an essay. That's a cholo. That's a gangbanger. I'm doing bunny ears. Um, so I always want. It wasn't even uh, like I had to try. Like I wanted to represent it because it's part of who I am. And the more I traveled, I would say like, oh, I miss seeing black people in Germany. But I miss. I may see a couple Africans, but I will not see a Mexican. And that's weird for me. Day one, like I'm on Pico and La Brea. Like I'm tacos, whatever. Fuck lowriders, like. Mexican gang graffiti everywhere. Like, I, this is who I am. I don't know anything. I don't know life without Chicanos uh, or Chicano or without a Chicano influence. And back to me being in a room full of dudes from North Carolina, I'm throwing out as much LA as I can. Every, you know, the Culver City bus line, once upon a time in the land of LA, I'm, Y'all got 7-Eleven out here? Cause like, I'm banging. I'm like, I'm with it. everything. LA. I'm going so hard, L.A. Because I'm in, like, this is what you do. This Now I understand from Pooh's impersonation of me. Like, that's who I am. Like, I'm Merce from Living Legends. I'm coming to North Carolina like that. Yeah. 
uh, caught her with another dude. So what? That's something that freaks people out often. And from first time I got cheated on in sixth grade, seventh grade, I've always been like, all right, well, if you like him, cool. If you like me, let's just keep going. Like, it is what it is. And I'm coming up on another conversation I got to hold me to that uh, standard during Murray's Revenge, if I remember to tell that story. But, yeah, who cares who you fuck? Do you like me? Do you still like me? Was it a mistake? Do you want to fuck? Whatever it is, I'm with it. I'm open to it. Fuck it. That's so much packed into that line. Let's just be honest. If we can compromise, if what bothers you, uh, what doesn't bother you doesn't bother me, then let's keep going on being unbothered. Now, Lesbian Liz hasn't caught a lot lately. She loved to lick the legends, but she also loved the ladies. I had to let her go before she led me to crazy. She was lousy in the sack, laid back, and hella lazy. I just wanted to go Ileana. I just, alliteration is one of my favorite things to do. Um, nothing other than that. I don't even know if I knew a lesbian at the time. <laughs> and if she had, she liked to lick the legends, she was bisexual. And I didn't want to find out if I was familiar with that term. So ignorant, just rapping. Uh, really get into the freaky tales, freak these tales theme there. Couple weeks back, it was all about Loretta, straight up hood rat. Always begged me for cheddar. Had to keep her hair did and her manicure as well. Never pay for anyone to get their hair did or manicure did. I think until I was like married. I don't know shit. Shit that I heard motherfuckers was doing. There's definitely a rhyme there with a girl I actually dated that was black that did have nails and she never slapped me. Um, thank you for that. That was so long ago. I don't know, but she probably would have knocked me out, not slapped me. She was with all the bullshit. There's a punch. I could hear an obvious punch. Like, now, lesbian Liz, ninth was just punching me, like, do two bars, do four bars. And we I actually learned that that worked better for me as we move on to other albums. To just do two bars for when I got over my ego of punching in and technology, you know, like, I don't know if anybody raps straight through anymore. And if, and if you do, so what? Like, it was like a big dick moment. One take, one take. Who gives a shit, man? Does it sound good? Is it right? And this hook, he shifted this hook. I still don't say this hook the way he recorded it. I think the way that I do it live is better than it. He shifted it. I don't like the way this hook, the way it sits in the fucking beat. And I can say that because I love my homie, but that's just still a disagreement we have. But people love this song, so he was probably right. It's just not right for me. Sometimes he's right, and it's right with the people, and I agree later. That's most of the time. This is something I think is right with the people and right with him, and I still don't. I say this different live, and I like the way I do it live. And I said it, I probably laid it differently, and he shifted it. Once upon a time in the land around the way, there lived a couple girls that would never give me play. Used to wear tight shirts and short skirts every day. Every time I try to hit it, they say no way. Until one fine day in this land of LA, we finally slipped up, and she let me have my way. She kind of turned me out, changed my life, I must say, because I haven't stopped chasing these boys. Yeah. This is a traditional Southern married dude. 
hearing this weird old nigga in pajama pants and sneakers of weird colors that he's never seen. I don't know. I was, yeah, I brought the Homer Simpson dunks to a lot of these. I, ooh, in my, uh, there's these green and, and like kind of off white, grayish, like grayish, uh, with the swoosh was like, I forget what they're called, but those, uh, high tops. I, I can kind of remember what shoes I had. A lot looking down on my feet because I'm nervous, like I'm, as I'm visualizing the scene. But yeah, I'm rapping and this guy is, uh, Shaking his head, SMHing, for SMH was a term. You ready for the next one? Like, not even, like, to the point where I'm saying, what I'm saying is so vulgar that I think he feels guilty about laughing at it. Like, I came in here, like, every dude in here, for the most part, is married. These niggas go to college, they go to a black college, they get married, and they get in their profession. This is a motherfucker, I think uh, homie Vince is there, he's a motherfucking dentist, he's a professional beautiful wife from East Africa, daughter, like, he is, like, these niggas are like, what is this motherfucker in here saying? What? And I'm gassing. I'm just going for the glow sticks and pussies, the Korean bra, lesbian lives. I brought out all this shit. I pulled out all the stops of this motherfucker. They're like, whoa, I'm sure. Uh, so there's lots of punches because I think... And maybe somebody would laugh in the background or I would start laughing because I could feel how uncomfortable I was making everyone. Um, yeah. Freak these tales. Hustle. 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 The song that jumped out of my soul when I first heard this beat. H-U-S-T-L-E and the first time I said I'm gonna go off script and say hustler instead of hustle because that's just how it came out and it was like it's not it's like when James Brown, somebody was saying, I think it was James Brown, like, it's, 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 it's like the funk, like, it doesn't have to be correct. Or as Miles Davis, like, you play an off note, and then uh, uh, this musician was saying, and then Miles just took his off note and kept playing with it, like. I have so many stories to tell about Miles Davis. And I remember that we were playing So What? So right in the middle of Miles' solo, when he was playing one of his amazing solos, and I'm trying, you know, I'm in there and I'm playing. Right in the middle of his solo, I played the wrong chord. A chord that was, it just sounded completely wrong. It sounded like a big mistake. And I did this and I went, oh, like this. And I put my hands around my, my, my ears. And Miles paused for a second. And then he played some notes that made my chord right. He made it correct, which astounded me. Going off was hard for me because being on was hard for me because this is not something I wanted to do. It's something I felt compelled to do, but I wanted to do it right because I didn't feel comfortable. And then when I heard this, it's just like H-U-S-T-L-E, hustler, never find a dime. That, who cares? And I, it was right. Who cares? So go and start rapping. Uh, the beginning, 
little talk. I'm uncomfortable with that little talk. This, I think this is where Knife made me do little talk, and I didn't want to. Look, Knife, everybody out here want to be hustlers, man. But they don't have any idea what I used to do. I used to do anything imagined. A nigga like me was scared to go to jail, so I had to use my brain and figure just the most outlandish shit. Shit niggas I never do. I used to get dirty. These motherfuckers out here be out here just queer hustling, man. They got it all backwards. Because I had the song ready to go. Um, queer hustling is not in reference to anyone's sexual orientation. It's liter- a literal queer hustling, like weird ways of making money instead of solid ways to make money. That's it. Comes from uh, the homie's grandmother who used to say, Queer hustling and um, square locking. We used to say square locking. Like, what is square locking? And later on, I found out, I think she was saying in a country accent, skylarking. Skylarking. It's hard to explain, but I heard it in a British film. It sounded like square locking. And I was like, what did he say? Skylarking. Skylarking. You know, daydream. Anyway. Shout out to her. Uh, rest in peace. She's a great woman. Tall, strong woman. Even as she got older, huge. He used to call her the regulator. Rest in peace to the regulator. Regulators! Yeah. Where to start? Hustle. Um, one of, I still perform the song. So I have to, if I have a hit song, this is one of my hit songs. Maybe it was because I was fresh off of doing Modern Man Hustle with Sean so much over the past year before I did this album. I don't know. Um, and I, in, in, in doing that, to performing Modern Man's Hustle, and we were actually modern men hustling. And now he ends it with, now, girl, you have to understand modern man must hustle because I'm a H-U-S. That was such an honor when I heard him do that. Say, I will show you all you need to know. You must hold on to anyone that wants you. I will love you through simple and the struggle. I'm a H-U-S-T-L-E. Thank you very much. Yeah, let's get into the lyrics. A lot of people want to knock what we do on my block, but we do what we do because we ain't got a lot. And you might get shot if your tongue's not watched because dudes walk around with hand cannons in their crotch. Fucking up the way they walk, stuck to the strip like scotch with a top-notch watch that could cook clean watch. See, times is too hard for us to ever go soft. So the doc got me on prescription stress so long so I could deal with the stress and I won't go off. But I'm on top, won't stop till the microphone drop. Rolling phone deep in the Cut like what hit you up and then roll off. We trying to get this dough off. We don't do diamonds cause my dudes ain't show offs. Trying to keep it low so we don't see no cops. Wanna blow up, but I don't wanna go pop. Gotta blow up cause I can't let this go stop. H-U-S-T-L-E, hustler. You never find a dime that ain't A lot of people want to knock what we do on my block. But we do what we do cause we ain't got a lot. It's back to when I was talking about Trevor. We don't have a lot. We don't have a lot of options. And you might get shot if your tongue's not watched because dudes walk around with hand cannons in their crotch, fucking up the way they walk on the strip black scotch with the top-notch botch that could cook clean wash. That's botches like a, a reference to E-40. Same botch instead of bitch. <laughs> 
Bitch, what the fuck you talk about? All right. All right, it ain't like you some kind of notch or you something, you know what I'm saying? Bitch, I'm Lieutenant Roasterbot. You ain't knowing, yeah. uh. Captain Cyberhouse, <laughs> bitch, that's my long distance cousin from Boise, Idaho. We pay pockets, but do be saving hoes, and I'll be saving miles. Cause all the gas is just moving me and hoes. He's one of those modest fellas, and I'm Lieutenant Roasterbot. You know, but roasting hoes like marshmallows. Let you tell Still trying to avoid bitch, bitch, bitch in my music. You know, I thought I was being revolutionary and trying not to be misogynistic. Probably not, though. But it was effort. The effort is there. The thought is there to becoming better and trying to do still better than a lot of rap music made by black men at that time as far as the word, using the word bitch. Um, Top-notch botch that could cook clean wash. See, times are too hard for us to ever go soft. So the doc got me on prescription strength, Zoloft. Definitely first black man to say Zoloft in a rap before it's all off had commercials. Uh, so I could deal with the stress and I won't go off. But I'm on top, won't stop, till the microphone drop, rolling four deep in a cut, in a cutlass like what? Hit you up and then roll off. Trying to get this dough, boss. Don't do diamonds because my dudes ain't show-offs. Trying to keep it low so we don't see no cops. Want to blow up, but I don't want to go pop. Got to blow up because I can't let this dough stop. Money is coming with the fame. Now I want to blow up because it's it's financially rewarding. I don't want to blow up to be famous, but I want to blow up to continue to make enough money to buy a house. To invest, um, to provide for this family that I want, even though I'm doing freak details, I'm still doing the pain. I want to prepare. And coming up the next couple of years is when I start saving to buy a house. And a part of the reason I stopped, we talked a bit about it, but I stopped drinking and smoking because I felt if I'm going to get married to someone, I can't get right when I have a kid. I got to get right and then get married and have a kid. If that makes sense, I had to start being the man, the husband and father I wanted to be before. And that also meant saving. So I start saving for a house and cleaning up my credit. All this start wise. Once this money starts coming in, like it's not like gotta blow because I can't let this dough stop because I'm getting money. And you, you guys see when we talk about how I dress, what I drive. And to this day, like I drive a, my wife's 2010 Honda Fit. I don't wash it. Any clothes I have, like I got on a Burns T-shirt from Strange Music, some Dodger socks, and uh, Little Pharma from Styles P's Pharmacy for Life brand. Like, I'm very conscious. Usually, I've, like, bought a shit ton of Beast Mode boxers. Like, anything I black or hip-hop own. Unfortunately, fortunately, however you feel, I got Yeezys on. Like, the only thing non-hip-hop or black-owned is my fucking L.A. Dodger socks, and that's not changing. But I do think I bought them from a, a black store. So I'm very much not about like financial. If I can have money to buy things from people in my community, whether that be the hip hop community or the black community, then I'm going to do that. Um, or I'm investing in my children and my future. And this is me forming these thoughts, not really saying it, but even with the end of the beginning being the album before this, this is like to me the real manifestation shit. Not like people say, Oh, say you're a millionaire, believe you're a millionaire. And end of the beginning. I ended the beginning and I made my first classic rap album with this. Not by my standards, by other people's standards. I made my one of my best albums or my best album after I said this is the end of the beginning. Like I put in the work. I'm doing all these songs. I'm doing all this experimenting. I'm busting my ass. 
this is now I am for real a rapper because I didn't have a label developing me or A&R to tell me or a real producer or not, not a real producer, but a, of like a producer that gets involved like that to tell me where to go. I knew I had found my way. I didn't know ninth when I named it. I didn't know that this would be a classic record, but I felt like being in tune with yourself and feeling what's next. And that line, like, gotta blow up because I can't let this dough stop is me. Like, I want to be able to provide. This is now, I'm past the part where I'm going to marry. When I was selling weed to college girls, I'm like, I'm going to marry one of these girls that are pre-law or something. And like I said, make make four-track weird rap in the basement. Read comic books, take care of the kids, keep her house clean and cook for it. That's what I'm going to do and be a for real artist and a father and a husband. This idea has disappeared now. I am making a living. So now I want a wife that's going to cook clean wash, top notch bot that could cook clean wash. Times is too hard for us to ever go soft. So the doc got me on prescription shrimp Zoloff. TMI, but uh, Zoloff was making it impossible for. Um, <laughs> me to lose an erection or to orgasm when I was on Zoloft. So that's an inner rhyme for myself. Too much information because my actual friends listen to this, but something that nobody fucking knows but me. Times is too hard for us to ever go soft. So the doc got me on prescription strength Zoloft. It rhymes, but that was what I was dealing with at the time. So I, so I could deal with the stress and not go off. Um, Riding the cut like what? You know, hit you up and then roll off. Trying to get this dough, boss. Um, it's annoying to ride with gang members. It's frightening sometimes. You never know who's going to drive up on side of you or who they're going to reach out of the window and hit up. And now you're, like I said, your car would be marked. I think that pretty much explains the first verse. Everything is pretty self-explanatory. H-U-S-T-L-E, hustler. Never find dying. That ain't my motherfucker. Go not to be broken after stroll like a sucker. So pay me what you owe me and don't play with me, homie. I'm a H-U-S-T. That's a, you know, something I'm still with. Like, I am not pressed. I'm, I'm learning. I talk to my wife now as my therapy before I go off on people. And I usually don't go off on people anymore. Uh, but everybody's relationship with money is different. Um, mine is a very open-handed policy. But back then, it was, I was still stuck on my ego. and Fucking with my money was fucking with me. This is a principality, Smokey. So pay what you owe me, don't play with me, homie. Like, promoter shortness after show, shit like that happened here and there. But um, distributors not paying was a big thing. And uh, one time I had to, like, not one time. This is the era of me having to set a precedent. I grew up outside. I like it better than the streets because we talked about the streets. The streets have gone to a level that I don't think I'm at anymore. But I was definitely, back then I was in the streets and I was an outside kid. And my, and my homies? Psh. And um, what, what I do have in my brother is he, my brother, we are with bullshit when it comes to me and him. We are all kinds of bullshit. So there was a, a place that owed me about like six racks or something. And, uh, they wouldn't pay me. And I was like, I don't know. And the thing with underground rap is like, I don't know who you deal with, but where I'm from, for real, for real, where I'm from, like, I'm not playing with you, bro. So I pull up, you know, my brother, six foot three, six foot four. At that time, 300 something pounds. We just, I start picking up fax machines and computers. I'm like, okay, we taking all this shit. 
Because if you take me to court now, you're on paper. I have invoices and documents that state that you agree that you owe me this money. So at this point, I'm not stealing. I'm repossessing. Give me my motherfucking money, bro. I am not playing with you. And we got our money. Um, so that that's what it is. and don't play with me, homie. Like I like I'm like I'm not here for to, to to be famous. I'm not here. I don't give a fuck how many records you sold or what what you give me my motherfucking run my shit or I'm running your shit and nothing personal. I'm not gonna come in there and slap you or make a scene. I'm not gonna raise my voice. We're just coming in and there's no more talking. Don't play with me, bro. Don't be like Blueprint. Play too much. So early on when I didn't have a lot, but I also learned that having multiple streams of revenue before it was an internet meme, having multiple streams of income, if you don't pay me rather than me risk my freedom or have to call the homies, before I go there, I would rather just find a new way to make money because I am inventive. I am blessed. I'm too blessed to stress you or stress me to 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 make it corny rhymes, but that's what paid dividends for me over the years. Just find a new, I can't, really relate to people who are chasing money and small amounts of money. I remember I had a conversation with somebody like, Dan, you still fuck with that dude? He owes you? I was like, yeah, he owes me money too, but fuck him. He's cool. He's, you know, when people don't have it, like in hip hop, there's a lot of good hearted people who go broke trying to promote good music and it's not their fault. If you don't have it and you owe it to me, but you're not snorting my money or living lavish and living your life with healthcare. Like what gets me is labels. Labels, like you got a check to come every two weeks, bro. And you got health benefits. I don't have any of that shit, but without the music I create, you don't have a fucking job. But you want to tell me to stop tripping on my fucking royalties being late? Fuck out of here, bro. Are you crazy? That's the shit that gets me. But like in the promoters, when I started learning like promoters, like this is a kid that really wanted to do this show and it didn't sell the tickets and he doesn't have any money. I just went to his house. He, you know, like I've had a few, a couple business partners over the years. Like if you lose it, you lose it. If you don't got it, you don't got it. But you try to throw a dope show or you try to put out some dope music and it just didn't work out. And now you don't have the money. I'm cool. I'm not going to press you, but if you are, that's why I don't play with me. Like if you playing with me, bro, you got my money. You just, you think that for some reason I'm the one principle when it comes to principles, but even then now I don't even have to worry about principles. I tried to have multiple streams of income so that I would not have to press anybody. Used to run that 
old drag for an itty bitty tip, maybe a quarter or more. And when I wasn't doing that, I was knocking at your door like, man, speak to the head of the house. And give you the speech on how buying this candy's keeping me out the streets. Cheap dirt hustles, no glorious tales, but it did keep my black ass from going to jail. And I'm a H-U-S-T-L-E hustler. You never find a dime. I used to sell incense, bomb 10 cents that doesn't hit the strip, make a flip for a dollar a sack. Uh, every day before junior high, I bought a six-pack and sold them for a buck a piece down by the track. Literal. Um, Scarab taught me how to make incense in high school. I looked the part. I think on this final tour, I think I'm going to go back to making incense and sell them. Have a love of rockets, one, two, and three cents. Like, I missed that. And uh, Dawa on Crenshaw, uh, Scarab hit me to that. And taught me how to make incense. And we would sell incense at school. I would have my mom make me a, I think my mom made it, uh, like the basmati rice bags that are like made out of like burlap into like a shoulder bag. And I would put them in that shoulder bag and uh, sell them out of there. I also had her make it into t-shirts. I took a white tee and had her sew the burlap uh, basmati rice thing on top of the shirt. Because we work at a dry cleaner, so we had a seamstress. Yeah, very earthy incense. 10 cents for 12, sell, sell a pack for a dollar. You're making money to buy records, to buy to buy more weed to sell. I think I'm around that stuff, selling smoking weed at that time, start selling it only. Um, buying sodas, because we didn't have soda machines at my school yet before they allowed Coca-Cola in schools. Kids would want soda, so I would buy a six-pack and then go down by the track. Royal Oak Intermediate School, there's the track down RP, so the teachers couldn't see. You come down there and buy... Uh, was it Pepsi Cool Cans back in the day? Cool cans to come in, so don't be afraid. And if you get lucky, then you might get paid. Young MC had a commercial for him. Extra, extra, read all about it. We're chilling when the weather gets warm, no doubt about it. To be cool and be somewhat respectable, pick up Pepsi in these hype receptacles. Cool cans are coming, so don't be afraid. And if you get lucky, then you might get paid. So yo, stop kicking, your pace better quicken Before they run out or the clock stops ticking Really? I'm not kidding With cool cans, you can win dancing cans Got it? All that shit, man uh, That's, you know, the type of shit I was doing I've told the story a few times But this mentality came from my grandfather Who was very, he would pick us up We would spend time with him We either fixing his properties Like laying linoleum fixing light sockets and shit like that, roofing, toilets, all the shit that I've done with him. Um, that if not, he didn't have any actual work for us or the work was too intense for us. While he did his work, he would drop us off at LAX and then we would just go and for itty bitty tip, maybe a quarter or more. Uh, we'll get to that line, but I used to get a quarterback from, I used to cost a dollar, I believe, maybe two to get the carts for your luggage at LAX when that was new. And then people would want to go to their car before 9-11. You could just go in and out of the airport. When they used to check your baggage claim ticket when you came out of there, our job was to stay at the LAX terminal and offer to um, push people's thing to the back to the thing. Can I follow you to your car when you finish? Can I push the cart back for you and, and keep the quarter? Because nobody cared about the quarter. So over hours that he would leave us there, we made a lot of money. But that's the type of shameless. So not... You never know what God, how God is working in your life. Going up to completely complete strangers and you know usually non-black people, and being like, "Hey, do you mind? Like, I'm out here doing this, blah blah. blah. Do you mind? 
didn't I never knew that I was working on standing on a corner, being able to approach people about buying my tape, standing at the merch booth, communicating to you to why you should buy this CD. And non-black people, like learning to communicate, that's a skill that a lot of inner city youth don't get because they don't interact with a race, unless it's a teacher. But talking to someone on an equal level or, you know, it's hard, um, I think, on a subconscious level because of all the institutionalized racism. Um, But speaking up, being heard, being articulate, and knowing that at the end of the day, you have to mind your P's and Q's when you're speaking and how you speak to get the job done most of the time. Um, so yeah, and like, yeah, black kid asking you to follow, you just landed at LAX and a black kid asking to follow you to your car. Like, how do I present myself in a non-threatening, how do learning to shrink myself early and code switch for better or worse? How do I get this done? And my grandfather, my grand, like, this is something that doesn't happen now. Like, left me and my little brother there. Not like he stood in the parking lot and watched. My nigga, he left us there, cuz. Like, left us. He was gone. I'll be back in two. And you bet. There's no cell phones, bro. There's no pagers. There's no track my kid. This nigga left us there. And you better be here in two hours when I get back. Yeah, I better be there. For sure. Yeah. This is where I learned to hustle. Not talking about bagging up fucking cocaine that that takes a lack of conscience. It doesn't take a, a real work ethic. It does take some work ethic. But this doesn't take like you're serving people who are you uh, who are who are addicts. You're preying on the weak. Me, I'm hustling, hustling people. Um, I'm providing an actual service that's of benefit to them. They don't have to walk all the way back because they're they just landed. They're trying to get somewhere. I'm providing a service that's making that could be improving the quality of somebody's life. And receiving a little bit in return. Hustling, making ends meet. Um, I don't consider praying on the weak if you have an option. Like this is why I say, like, where there's options, like I'm like, okay, incense. Like herb, I don't have any moral, you know, if it now is legal. I was right. There's nothing wrong with selling weed. Wow. Who'd have thought it? But it's not ruining anybody's life for me to sell them incense, weed. Sodas or sodas, uh, but I partake too. It's legal, but sodas to me are more dangerous than weed. Shout out to Dadgrass, Indie Local, all the weed beverages I can freely consume like candy and not worry about getting pulled over, get sent to the house. Yeah, I found a way out of no way and shit that I could live with myself and look myself in the mirror look at my children now and say, this is what I did. And I wish, trying to find ways to have them develop the same hustle. Probably if I've evolved scanning a barcode and Venmo now. And I never sold crack. I did aluminum cans. So I guess that's what I was hitting at. Used to get laughed at by you and your mans. There was a moment where I was staying with a family member or a friend of my mom's who was in choir who allowed me to stay at her house. It's just somebody that was there that was staying with her that was selling crack. And he's like, lit. I'm watching him cook it up. I can still see like the the whatever was it Pyrex, not Pyrex. The the ones that bought the 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 pots that were like smoky brown that were still transparent. I can still see it because it was a moment for me. I'm like, I'm, I know people who sell crack. I know crack exists. I see crackheads. I want money to buy tapes across from where he serves crack. I'm like, yo. He's like, yo, Nick, what's up? Let's cook this up together. 
I'll show you how to do everything right now. You want to learn? Like real big home, like I said, the real big homie said that this is still, he's teaching me a trade. Unfortunately, one of the few trades that's made available to us, but he's offering to, this is a crip, an older crip offering to teach me a trade. Something that no, like my grandfather's saying, go out and push people's carts for a quarter. We get to aluminum cans later. My stepfather is, while me and my homies are getting drunk at this Super Bowl party, you go around to everybody and ask them if they're finished. If not, at the end of the night, when all the other kids, because we didn't get Jordans and other like, but we, you know, we grew up in black America, so a lot of kids make sure they had Jordans before they had fucking real food. So these kids with their nice clothes and me and my brother and our not and our JC Penney's clothes going through the fucking trash can at the end of the night, and they're all going home with their parents laughing at us. I'm digging through you ever Doug, I know I have some Latino listeners and, and black listeners that, like, you know what the fucking trash smells like after motherfuckers been drinking beer and smoking cigarettes all night and digging through that shit with your bare fucking hands. And if you don't do it, your stepfather's going to beat the shit out of you. Like, when I say that I wasn't tempted, it was like a strong moral compass that my mother instilled in me, the fear of her and the fear of God that kept me from selling crack and, and just, like, had a heart. I, I couldn't do that. And the sense of pride, like, listen to Public Enemy. And, you know, even though my stepfather was gr grinding on me like that, he was a, like a work ethic. Like, he was a fucking janitor. He got up every day and busted his ass. And he would bust my ass. And it was just like, yo, like, all that was to destroy my community, risk my mother and my stepfather killing me or beating the shit out of me and going to jail. Man, I'm gonna just take these aluminum cans, cause I'm a, I'm 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 gonna shoot dice. I'm gonna sell weed. I can live with that, but I can't live with myself selling crack. I can't live with my mother finding out that I sold crack. I can't. I can't. You know. And then back then too, like everybody knew it was like he was like he just came home from camp. He's like, nigga, we going to camp Kilpatrick. We gonna play football, cause like you gonna rumble. You know what I'm doing outside right now? I'm fighting and I'm fucking playing football, playing sports. I'm gonna have more time to lift weights. There's no girls to call me ugly. Like, jail wasn't as much of a turn as, dis as as fucking disappointing my family. My grandfather comes from a family of 13 boys and girls in buttfuck Florida. There wasn't any felons until they got to my generation. I believe all 13 kids went on to be millionaires. All of them college graduates except for my, my grandfather, who was the oldest boy I had to work the fields. I had a legacy that I, I couldn't. And, uh, and for years, I like look at my friends and like compare like how much their parents like our parents make the same. But that legacy and being able to go to Florida, you know, every summer, every other summer and go to the family reunion and hear the story and be in church like that shit put like say so you never know what God is preparing you for like that prepared me to be like, nah, I can't do it because like, no, I ain't going to tell. I'll help you bag it up. I'll do a lot of shit, but what I'm not going to do is give that to somebody else or waste my time learning how to do this shit. Used to let laugh at by you and your mans. Use it all for the studio. Now you understand. Now now I'm making the money. Now you understand. We talked about earlier, like in high school, there were no rappers throwing money all around on television. Rap wasn't a profession to get rich at. You can get famous. But that wasn't a job. You're not in the NBA. You're not a doctor, cuz. You're not blood. Like, you're not, you're not on. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you don't have a career. A rap's not a career. That's something you do, and it's a fad. 
But now you understand. In the grocery store parking lot, can't help you man to the car with them bags, just run an old drag for an itty bitty tip, maybe a quarter or more. Well, my mom, a frontier market in Linwood. Now my grandfather got me hooked on the hustle. We, instead of playing football, me and my brother like, fuck it. We're going to Frontier Market that just opened up and helping people to the car. I don't know. I think what she saw us in the parking lot. And she said, if you don't, like, she was embarrassed. Like, if you don't stop begging these people for money, get your ass home. But I had to be like, your dad taught me it. We did, I didn't come up with this idea. I'm not trying to be out here, you know, I'm, I'm now, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I didn't just make this up, you know? So she st- put a stop to that. Um, the funny thing is, if you see the hustle video, it's my mom. I'm asking in, uh, for the change in the video. If it wasn't doing that, I was knocking at your door. Like, man, I speak to the head of the house and then give you a speech on how buying this candy is keeping me out the streets. Cheap dirt hustle, no glorious tales. Did keep my black ass from going to jail. Yeah, man. That was, that was it. That was the last straw of me trying to find a legitimate, I don't say last straw, I did Cowperg. I saw somebody from the ASPCA, Cowperg, Cowperg, whatever, dirty dark canvassing. That type of shit doesn't work for black men, really. Cowperg was an organization where you go door to door and get like raise money for the Green Party, the Democratic Party, and nah. But I was okay trying that job because they found me and like, I live in West LA. Like we had a house, like, I don't know what, you know, I like, like I said, it was hard for me to see the difference between me and my friends, but yeah, we were in a van. Sometimes my desire, like I wasn't of the income or the, had the story that some of these kids selling candy in front of Target or whatever you see them do, but I was with them. There was a white guy coming through with a van. I don't even know how we got hooked up with him. I think they just come, came through and asked if we did it. And you would sell, like, you would keep a certain amount of money for the candy, and they would get money for the candy, but they would, sure the candy cost them 50 cents. They would take 250, and you would get 250 for every box you sold. And you're not allowed to take donations, but we would just ask for donations so that we could get the money and fuck your candy. Cause, like, we, we weren't with, we were smart. We knew, like, poverty pimping. So they put us all in a van, and luckily, like, that, I don't know if they knew the hoods, but, like, we never got sent on any any routes where we had beef with niggas, so that was cool. So it'd be a bunch of random niggas from the neighborhood or, or, or other, other neighborhoods that got along with us, and we, me and my brother and whoever else come up off the streets, and they put us in a van with this candy, and then we drive. Funny thing is, like, when I got... Friends with, like, some of my friends in high school, like, I never say it, but, like, yeah, these are houses that I used to try to go when we'd be, like, in Beverly Wood and shit like that. Like, these are houses that they would take us to to sell. And then when I started living places and kids would come to my door, I'm like, I live in that neighborhood now. Oh, shit. All right. I must be doing okay. But, yeah, man. Seeing someone that's 13 years old in a van, and, like, they would put us with, like, random, like, you know, like, liberal white kids driving the van. Like, I think they thought they were doing good, too, or they were hustlers. I don't know which one it was. Like, seeing an 18-year-old Jewish kid fly down Venice Boulevard to get the homie home because he's on house arrest at 13 years old before his ankle monitor goes off, and seeing that nigga run up and, like, jump through the door with his, like, feet first, bro, it's it's like you had to be there. (laughs) He wasn't outside. Like, this shit was tremendously like impactful bro like i don't want to like go to go be on house arrest like I, i'm gonna get to 
go home and listen to some music, read a comic book, or read the source. Call a girl that friend zoned me on the phone. Like, I want to do all this. I want to play basketball in the backyard. I want to smoke a beady. Like, I don't want to be running into the house foot first because I'm out selling candy, but I'm on house arrest or whatever the fuck is called, whatever they call work release, whatever. I don't even know his work release. He was a teenager, bro. This is where your tax dollars are going. Man, America's fucked up. Now I can make a dollar out of dime when I holler out a rhyme from the school of hard knocks. Still a scholar of the ground. I was really proud of that rap back then. Dollar out of dime, holler out a rhyme. And I was hitting the hitting the drum pattern too. Woo! Young Nicholas, I had stepped up my shit. Young Merce was... You can hear the drums. Make a dollar out of dime when I holler out a rhyme from the school of hard knocks. Still a scholar of the ground. Used to dovetail myself. Kind of quality was fine. But it sounded like shit. Hella hits, lots of static. But for three plus two, for five dollars, but number 32, them shits move like magic. So you pass it along. I, I hope everybody got that reference. Uh, shit like magic. That's five well spent for true hip-hop addicts, addicts. Then once their friends heard, then they all had to have it. Took it on the road to little to no baggage, just draws and cassettes, dropping jaws with my sets. Once they saw the live show, I had to take a piece home. Now all most famous used to be least known but not too big to walk the streets alone, stand in front of any venue with a box of CDs. Dropping jaws with my sets Once they saw the live show They had to take a piece home Now I'm almost famous Used to be least known But not too big to walk the streets alone Stand in front of any venue With a box of CDs And these kids love me I stay DTE Down to earth and down to merch At any given moment If there's money on the block Then where am I? Cause I'm an H-U-S-T-L-E Hustler You never find a dime That ain't mine Motherfucker Go not to be broken Have to stroll like a sucker so Throughout the, my career is just like the, 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 it takes two line. I'm not a sucker, so I don't need a bodyguard thing. Always resonated with me. Being with Shock G resonated with me. Like he just, he would just go places and people would love him because he was shot. Like if I say cuz, if I say whatever, I don't, I don't mean no harm, man. Like I think niggas get it. I'm out here trying to do what's best for us, for these kids, for my kids, for your kids, for your for your mother, for you for your grandmother. Like I'm I'm just trying to help my community, bro. I'm not I don't know, I guess I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Well, before coming into the podcast, I had to get into it with somebody. It's just over shit that if I see something that's not right, I'm gonna say something. My nigga, like if you gotta like nigga pull out a bat and some shit, and I'm like, bro, fuck you mean, man. Like I'm I'm not wrong. This shit is wrong. You're you're wrong. And I don't want to get in your thing, but this is not right. <laughs> like, I can't. I just can't. But I don't mean, I'm not trying to fuck up nobody's money. I'm not trying to beef over no bullshit. I'm not, you know, Matthew 5, whatever the fuck. I'm just trying to be peacemaker, bro. And, uh, yeah, man, stand in front of any venue, you know? But not too big to walk the streets alone. Still dealing with the fame. I don't want to be too famous where I can't go anywhere. But the something Dale told me early on as well is like, and when you stop doing normal things is when you stop being able to do normal things. As kids love me, I stay DTE. Down to Earth was a shout out to um, 
dancing crew in L.A. called Down to Earth. Shout out to Meshack. They were dope. Just like Double K signing Down to Earth on wax, wax, like on boom bap tracks, repping for L.A. Down to Merch. I feel like I'm first rap, rapper to say merch at this point. I don't know. Uh, a little girl in my son's school asked me, like, did you like, did you, like, did you, did you like being a rapper? Uh, I'm not quitting doing live shows. I will always be a rapper. I'm just not putting out music. It doesn't make me not a rapper. Your auntie's is still a singer, even though she just sings in the choir at church. I'm still a rapper. But yeah, she's like, oh, and I had on my weekend at Mercer. She's like, oh, and you got on your own merch. It's so crazy how merch has become a, a term now. But back then it really wasn't. I'm sure ICP was saying merch. I'm joking. Um, down to merch at any given money. If there's money on the block, then where am I? And that's from a dress line from Black Sheep. I dicks are the planet. And where are you? I'll point one more. Stop on it. Our dicks are the planet. And where are you? And you just want to finish the rap. And I always wanted to do that. And Knife was like, I think you want to go back and do that? Well, he's offering. I'm like, no, I want to leave it like that. The Black Sheep thing. And he got it. So he moved on. Now it's hustle. That is hustle. John Cena got on the remix. It was amazing. He wrote his own verse as far as I know. There's so many wrestling intricacies, but we could break that down another time. Love you. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks for listening to the Best Rapper in L.A. podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. If you like the show, leave a review on Apple Music or Spotify. And to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash M-U-R-S 316, March 316. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.